Greetings, family. Welcome back to another episode of Landscurve, of Landscurve.com. If you never see me on social media again, you can always see the work on Landscurve.com and all the current work on Landscurve.com. There's a lot of funny business going on in the world right now with all of the things that are happening. I mean, there's disruption everywhere. And I mean, I'm not a person who's trying to be negative, but there is. There's a lot of disruption everywhere. And so many of us are sick and tired of it. Not of us, but of it. <laughs> yeah, and some of us too. Like I say, even my Freudian slips have a little knowledge in it. But I've been noticing it also. And I've been on this earth a little longer than most. So I'm the same age, and I'm still younger than a lot of people out here. But it has nothing to do with the chronological age. For me, I do definitely see the change in the world. And most people will say, well, Lance, there were wars, there were high gas prices, there were disputes, there was racism, as there is today. There were people getting raped, people getting burglarized and robbed, politicians lying, not speaking the truth, or not delivering on their promises. Just a whole lot of things that have been going on in this world. And it has been going on that way since wherever, whenever, even before we were born. But this is what I say. As true human beings, we have an intuition, more or less, that talks to us every day. Whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, there's that intuition, there's that I, there's that gift of discernment, there's that feeling, there's that inner voice. And with that, it usually tells us things either ahead of time or it reveals to us what's behind the veil of deception that most people share to the world, that false side, that deceptive side. And to me, I've been walking in that space for a long time, arm in arm with that intuition, with that third eye. <clears throat> but I'll say it this way. I'm distracted also. And maybe you'll agree with me that the, the most times that you've turned away from that voice is the more you've had chaos, disruption, and all types of crazy things happening in your life. The more you listen to that voice, is the more you're protected, is the more you can see things coming. And as you get older, you learn to listen to that voice. Now, these days, we have so much escapism in the world that no matter where you are physically, you're going to feel what is put out into the universe to distract you and to keep you in a place of fear. And when you're in that place of fear, if you give in to that fear, then you can't hear that voice too much. See, I'm not going to preach to the choir here, but I'm quite sure that most of you know 
that high vibrational spirituality has nothing to do with the man-made religion. So many of us say spiritual. Everybody's spiritual. Everybody's tuned in to a spiritual frequency. I said a spiritual or a spiritual frequency. It doesn't mean that it's high vibrational. It could be a wicked person, an envious person, a person who's plotting your downfall, but they still have an intuition. And the game in this life is you better be in touch with your intuition better than the next person who's trying to bring you down. Because spirituality is open to everyone. And a lot of us who feel that we're on the moral high ground, good people, without bad intentions and venom for other people, we feel we're protected because of that alone. And as you found out, that's not the case. So you have to understand that you have to be on point from within as opposed to clocking in every Sunday to a church or every Saturday or the extra days. You come on in on a Friday night and a Wednesday. You pay more time so that makes you more holy. You give to your synagogue that makes you more holy. See? You help out at the mosque extra time so that makes you more holy. So I'm a good person because I've been proving it through my actions. Let me tell you something. In this world, in the engineered world, actions don't mean a damn thing. Actions don't mean a damn thing. Who are you trying to prove something to? Because you got many wicked people, and I reference the church, but it could be Islam, it could be Judaism, it could be Buddhism, it could be any type of man-made religion. That we could appear to be so holy because of the amount of things that we do when in actuality we're only working off guilt or trying to put up a more convincing veil of deception to fool the world from the wicked people that we are on the inside. And 95% of you get duped every time because of these deceptions. And you wonder why you get taken for a ride each and every time, even though you're going into more and more advancing years in your life and you still get fooled. Because you assumed that this person who deceived you had a higher level of, of, of spirituality, that they're good people. See, we assign these things from within because of what we see through what these people project and the actions that they do. But they're only setting you up for the kill. They got it down to the body language. So convincing. The eye contact, the trigger words that they use to rouse up a feeling of trust for this person or for this organization or for this thing that you're going to invest your money into. Because surely this person who is at the forefront is a spiritual person. Well, you're damn right they are. But they're no good. Because the word spiritual doesn't mean that you're good. And they have the gift of discernment to know how to fool you. They have 
the intuition to know how to get around your defenses when you're vetting this person. You give them a pass into your life and they extract your life force, extract money out of your bank account, and they didn't even put a gun to your head. They convinced you and you did it. Like I always say, and we'll say it in a Christian-like way, whenever you find the devil in your life, it's because you opened the door with a smile and invited him right on in. So now we see the energy of this present world to be amplified even more, although the aforementioned issues that we have in the world of war, high gas prices, lying politicians, pimp pastors and preachers, all those things have always been around. But there's something different about it. I don't know about you, but it seems more intense. And I think I'm a lot stronger and I think I'm a lot smarter than I was a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. I think I'm a lot smarter. But this deception has intensified. You don't have to see it, but you know it from within. So many of us, we get into this thing called escapism. And we get involved with things that we really shouldn't. But the pain of our realities stings more than the prospect of having a damaged liver from alcoholism. So we don't care about down through the years that we're compromising our health. We just want to get that drink and escape in an alcoholic stupor that even cuts us off from reality even more so. And we can get taken for a ride easier when you're drunk. You got a brother who might be at the bar. His wife is nagging him because he doesn't pick up after himself, but he comes home tired. She's not giving him any sex or any comfort or any respect. So he takes the long road home. So he finds himself at a bar. He just doesn't want to go home. He's not really an alcoholic, but he decides, I'm going to take a drink. And after a time, he takes another drink. And there happens to be a pretty, gorgeous woman sitting by the bar. And he sends a drink over her way. And she thanks him and comes over and sits next to him. And so he starts to talk about his problems and his troubles. And it feels good that a woman with the womanly energy would listen to him. It feels good. He's intoxicated. He also has his wallet hanging halfway out of his pocket. That woman is not there because she wants to hear his problems. She got the drink. And he gives her more drinks because she wants to drink also. But more importantly, as she drinks, she's trying to get money. So as they continue to drink and he starts to kind of not nod out, but he's disconnected from being alert. He's disconnected from that voice 
from within, that intuition. So she says it's the perfect time that she's going to get up and go to the restroom. And his wallet is hanging dangerously out of his pocket. So she grabs a coin or two out of her purse while he doesn't see. And then she gets up to go to the restroom. She drops the coins right next to where he's sitting. They're sitting in a booth-type seat. It's kind of shadowy and dark. Nobody's looking. So while he has that dumb smile on his face, he's not necessarily looking to get sex from her, but it feels good, and he doesn't say to himself, it ain't going to happen. If it does, it does. But she bends down to pick up those coins, and he's viewing her very inviting cleavage. And at the same time, she pats him on the leg. As a distractor, she slips the wallet out of his pocket. And not only does she not go to the restroom, she walks right on out the door into her car to go on a shopping spree. Because you can still do that with credit cards. You have a lot of hackers out here to know to get past certain protocols. But I'm only saying this to say that. Lots of times we try to escape from issues and challenges and so-called problems. And in our escapism, we find ourselves in a sorry state of affairs. Whether it's using drugs and then we get hooked on drugs and now we have another problem because we are hooked on drugs and when we're not on the drugs, we feel rotten. You might as well have dealt with the feeling of being rotten without putting these substances inside of you. But it's crazy how in America there's so much drug usage and why. You got to ask yourself, well, here it is. A lot of times, and I'm not speaking about everyone, because we have people who are in situations where They have been through some severe child abuse. It still hurts. It's never been dealt with. And they reach for a substance to take their mind away from that inner turmoil that has never been dealt with through therapy. I'm not speaking about those. I'm not speaking about someone who can't really handle the loss of a loved one. They can handle it, but they... They weren't prepared to handle it because their their spiritual self wasn't developed. And now something like this happens and the loss is too heavy for them. I would not blame them. I would not say, well, you're addicted to drugs. It's your fault. You need to just get off. It's not that easy. But we have a lot of people now who, because of the ever-increasing intensity of stress and perceived stress. See, a lot of the stress and fear is a perception put on you because to go deeper, these demonic entities and spirits that reside inside people, we're not talking any ghostly anything, they feed off of your fear. They take joy when you're fearful. It's damn near a feast when you are in fear because you're so easy to give up.
so easy to give up your rights. I'm not saying rights as far as man's law, but rights to know that you have every bit of a right to be strong as you move across this earth to perfect yourself. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but this life is a workshop. This life is a thing where you are assigned certain duties, you are put through certain tests, and if you fail a test, you're supposed to go back and study and make yourself better in every area. And like I always like to say, we're all dealt a different hand from the deck of cards in life. Some of us are born looking out the window as a child and seeing a Rolls Royce vehicle in the driveway. Some of us take for granted that we were raised up in a mansion with several maids, a nanny. We had our own car when we were 16 years old. We had everything we could have ever wanted in the material world. Some of us were dealt that hand out of the deck of life. Others may have not had it as good. As a child, some of us, and I'm not saying me, but my heart goes out to those, but I've known people who, as a child, before they go to elementary school, they either pick the roaches out the cereal box to eat something before they went to school. They still went to school hungry. And nobody understood why they were so disruptive in class. It was because they had a situation going on at home. While many others, many of their classmates slept deep, had a full stomach. I'm not saying to eat a whole lot before you go to bed, but they weren't hungry. They were in a pleasant mood. They had both of their parents or even one who was loving. And they felt protected. They felt loved. They felt nurtured. But that one kid who had to pick the roaches out the cereal box to get something to eat, unless he wanted to use moldy stale bread and put butter on it and eat around the mold, he also had to deal with the many uncles that he had. What do I mean by that? Well, his mother was in the room with a different man every night, several times a night. And he had to hear the noises, this child. Had a lot of homework to do, but couldn't do it because of the torment of knowing what was happening in the bedroom with his mother. He even peeked through the keyhole and he couldn't believe what he was seeing. He didn't understand it. But he knew it wasn't something good. So therefore, there was no connection to the mother. The father had been long gone. See, I can spout realities like this because I've known so many people in so many different situations in life. From a child, I always observed situations that had things explained to me. So oftentimes I can look a person in their face and I'm not somebody who's going to read your mind. I'm some guru who can tell you what your situation is because you know what? If I had it like that, I'd be the first one to get the winning lottery ticket. Now, wouldn't I? But all I'm saying is that I trust more 
in my intuition, my gift of discernment, that third eye. I trust more in that as I get older because in actuality, that's the only thing that's going to bring you through. You know, they say that 65 million Americans, one in five people, 65 million Americans are on psych medication. They're currently taking prescribed mental health medications. And at least 18 states in, in the United States saw at least a 10 to 20% increase in people taking prescription mental health medication. And that was because of the pandemic. That was because of the fear. That was because of their cookie-cutter usual life. Things changed, and they couldn't handle it. They found that they weren't developed spiritually as they thought they were because of religious repetition of punching a clock to go to a church to say you're holier now because you did an extra day this week in church. You paid a little more money, so you paid away your guilt for what you did Saturday night on a Sunday morning. Well, I know what I was doing Saturday night. Let me pay these times and give a little more so I can relieve myself of the guilt. Deceptions. We're lying to ourselves. And this is why this system now has us fearful individuals proclaiming faith in God. Ain't no faith. It's knowing in a supreme being that got your back, but there's something you have to do. You have to submit to the laws. And if you don't, you out there ass out. You know, you take a walk through a hood that's known to be dangerous and you ain't got nothing in your pocket, you're scared. But if you got that Glock in your lower back in a pancake holster, you have the attitude now as you walk amongst danger that says to predators, I wish you would. And they can read that on you. See, like I said, Spiritual doesn't mean that you're on a high moral ground and vibration. Demons depend on being spiritual and the gift of discernment, and they got it too, like the video I made yesterday. Demons have the gift of discernment too. So this spiritual thing, just because you're running your ass to the church, that don't mean you more than others because the one that rips you off has an intuition stronger than yours, and they can face who they are because they say, you know what? I know I'm a thief. I know what I do. I know the world says it's no good, but damn it, I'm going to get mine, and I'm going to be real about it. And here you are with yourself in denial. You feel so many things, and you're in denial because you want to cover it with holiness. But you get taken off because you don't know the real rules of the game out here. And this is why so many people are on psych meds. So many people are, are, are on alcohol when they never drank before. And then you got the alcoholics who don't even give a damn that their liver is being destroyed because they want to escape the pain of the now. And yes, we had all of these things from before. War, racism, high gas prices, lying politicians, lying pastors and pimp preachers. But there's a different energy over the world now. And more and more people are submitting to addictions, to bizarre behavior, 
or they're just losing their mind. So hence, we fall ourselves into the title of this particular segment, Escape Deep Into Your Inner Verse. Escape Deep Into Your Inner Verse. Well, what do I mean by inner verse? I think I heard that word before. I can't say I made it up, but I don't hear it that much. And I'm going to adopt that word, and I have. And I knew about it even before I knew the word. Because I have been blessed from very young to be able to discover this place called Innerverse. Because as a child in my room, not locked in my room, but willingly and purposely locked in my room, I would read, I would draw, I would play the old 45 RPM records. I'd have the TV on sometimes. But those were things that soothed me in the background while I escaped into my own world, which is the most pleasurable thing that I could think of in my life. I had time not to argue with brothers and sisters, not to dispute and be caught up in those things. I had a lot of tranquil time, which has helped to develop those qualities that I depend on now. When madness is around me, although I use the computer now for a little music, pen and paper are still the same. My thoughts are still the same. My universe is a paradise that protects me from the madness and chaos that people are trying to inflict on me or I happen to find myself in. You can hate my guts and be standing next to me and I'll pay you no mind. Let me get my drawing pad. Let me get my pen and my pencil. I can do my graphics. I can write an article. I can record a video. This one's live. See? But I have a place to go into as opposed to let's go somewhere and go. let's go drinking. What? I'm going to go somewhere with the next man sitting up somewhere and drink with him? What? I mean, I've sipped on things every now and then in this life. I don't need it. I've told people before, I get a little fooky plum wine because I like the taste of it, not because of the alcohol. And I learned that back in 1984 when I started eating sushi. And that's a Japanese wine, and it tastes so good. You can remove the alcohol. Not like I need that. What deficiency do I have within my being that I have to reach for a drink? How miserable is my life that this is a big part of my life? Going from smoking weed to drinking liquor. Smoking weed to drinking liquor. I understand the beauty of a sunrise. I stay up late most often and don't really get a chance to enjoy that. But I'm working on it. But I also understand the beauty of a sunset. Now, in a perfect existence for me, I would be able to experience both as I'm up with the sun and slumber and go get my rest as the sun goes down. That's the way it should be done. I know the beauty of a good meal. I know the joy of taking a nice walk out in nature. I know the joy of being to myself without any external stimuli or predatory entities as I escape into my own universe. But see, you're not going to want to go there 
if you have unresolved issues from within, you're not going to want to go there. If you have things that you have to take care of from within that you don't want to face. Well, this is where the medications and the methamphetamines and the crack and the liquor and the, the, the mollies and the, all these different things we take from the external so that we can escape not only the pain of the world and the fear that we have, but that place of chaos on the inside that we're in a twisted way in denial. Okay, I'm back. We had a little power bump, but luckily I have my phone right here, so we're going to continue. I, um, these days I always seem to be prepared, and I'm proud of it. Let me just put my other microphone into my phone, and in the chat room, just let me know if you can still hear me. Just give me a second to switch up my apparatus here. And on that note, I'll leave where I am, and I'll take a, I'll make an advantage out of the disadvantage of having the power go out temporarily, and I'll actually go outside and get some sun while I enjoy speaking with my family. Now, I'm not going to cut this short just because this happened, but this is not going to be a long one. I have some people that I want to contact, and hopefully we'll be able to do something else later on as I have. Okay, great, Yvonne. Thank you. You see how smooth that was? <laughs> That's because of the universe. I planned. See? I planned for this to happen. And I'm prepared. Let me stick this mic in, and um, I'm going to ask you all if you can still hear me. Wait a second. Let me get it in there. Okay. I put in the wrong piece. That's okay. It's the other one. See, I don't have an iPhone. I have a I have a droid phone. There's two different pieces for that. So part of going into the universe is being prepared. <laughs> because you had time to think away from the chaos. Now let me know if you can hear me once again. And we'll take a little trip. And I'll go to a place where I can talk and, and look out over into nature. Give me a second here. And um, that's what we usually do. Now, if I sound like I'm breathing, oh, it's because I'm climbing a couple of steps here. But that's what we, uh, we do when we find ourselves in a place where we can't stand what's going on in the outside world and we can't stand what's going on inside of us. And that's really, really a bad thing. So where do we go from there? What do we do? Like I said, there's an answer for that. And many of you don't know. You've got to be able to retreat within. It doesn't mean you're running. It just means that, okay, I have a nice view here. I'm in the top floor. And 
really put this phone down. I knew it. Like I said, you walk through the hood with a little weapon in your pocket. You don't always have to pull it out. But if you have to, then guess what? It comes in quite handy. Now let me charge my internet. Okay, here we go. So, ah, let me come visit the chat room. You can hear me now again, right? Great. Master Glam, Yvonne. Let me see. Willie C. Peace to 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 to, to dogs. <laughs> no, I'm, it's so such a oh the gods the got the gods okay okay Riri, Landon Price, Samaj Harris from Saint Right, Renee Green. Yes, thank you for being here. Again, this is not going to be a long one. It would be a long one if I intended it for, to be a long one. Or I, if I caught the spirit, but you know this being in the day that it is, I said let me get up and touch base with a thought that's on my mind. Not that I think I know everything, but I like to just vibe with everybody. And we have our own way of staying connected and staying focused. Yeah, we do crazy things sometimes. Sometimes we want to get out around the crowds that we know are not on a spiritual spiritual high ground. <laughs> but we're human still too, right? But more and more, we're going to have to learn how to retreat into our universe. We're going to have to learn how to be at peace with ourselves. We're going to have to learn to isolate ourselves from the madness around us that's only trying to pull us into it so we can be food for them with the fear that they help to induce inside of us. And that's the game, to keep us fearful. Because we know things happen. We know bombs are dropped. We know what happened when 911 happened, right? You know, we have so-called terrorist attacks, and other people call the same people freedom fighters, and that is a big fight now. We know what's going on and where they call the Middle East, which is really Northern Africa. But we can't let ourselves, especially that situation where it's not our fight, but we still have to keep an eye on the manipulations behind what they want us, us to believe is the obvious whether it's Ukraine, whether it's Israel and Palestine and Russia and China and Taiwan and India and Pakistan and all of these different tensions all over the world, as far as I know, in recent memory, meaning the last few decades, it, it hasn't been this bad to this level. And I'm like, this thing is like dominoes that you line up. You know, when you're a kid and you see dominoes, you line them up and you hit the one on the side and they all come tumbling down and it curves around. And well, this is what we're in right now. Or is it? Are they trying to create a problem and then offer the solution? Could this be mass manipulation? Well, people dying is not a lie. But that could be part of the manipulation because pawns in the game, they don't care anything about the pawns. They don't care anything about the little guy. They will do whatever they need to do to take over the world. But they need you to be fearful. And if you're not fearful, and you know through your intuition, you can see past certain things and read between certain lines, you know, and you should know, that you should not let this world steal the joy that is promised to you in this divine system. Never. So you build up your storehouse within 
You understand certain things in nature, which is the closest manifestation to the supreme being that has certain laws in it that we can observe if we take our mind out of the man-made engineered world. It's important that you spend time in nature. Well, that's easy for you to scare you up in the mountains, man. You left the country. But that doesn't stop you from planting a few flowers and plants on your fire escape and seeing that before you see the outside world. That doesn't stop you from taking time to yourself to cut off that computer, cut off the radio, cut off the phone, and go into your inner verse. No matter where you are in the world, you can find yourself in your inner verse, a place where no, nobody can interrupt you. Nobody can tell you what to think. Nobody can tell you what to do. And when you can escape into your inner verse, you can take time into the work that needs to be done for you personally. But lots of times, we're taken away from that work because everything in the world pulls us away from looking from within. And that's where we get to the point where we start to need medication. Oh, I'm depressed. I need psych meds. I need an antidepressant. Do you know how many people are taking pills for something that a p pill can't, can't cure? A pill? And like I said before, if you unfortunately have a fire in your house and there's flames engulfing most of your house, does the fire department come there just for the smoke but not for the flames? If they try to hide the smoke... They didn't take care of the problem of the flames, right? The flames are the problem. So you have symptoms, and that's all it'll do is take care of the symptoms. But why are you depressed? Why do you find yourself in this state? You understand? So it's, it's amazing to me how we don't understand to pull ourselves out of this world. Yes, we are in it. Yes, it for the time. I'm not saying if you go into the universe, every time you go into your refrigerator, it's going to be full. We are, we are, we are in this world. We are in the man-made engineered world, unfortunately. And there's nothing there that's going to feed our soul, it's going to feed our spirit. Nothing. It's an illusion. We've thrown around, around the term ever since the movie Cam comes out. It's a matrix. It is. But do you understand how deep of a matrix, matrix it is? That when we pass through to the next level and transition, and we will transition, some people say, oh, you're going to die. But we ain't going to die. We're going to transition. The, the party ain't over for us. For some of them, yes. So they want you to be scared just like them. And they'll use the threat of what they call death to make you jump. One day it's going to happen for me, and one day it's going to happen for you. But to make it less torturous, because I don't think it's a torturous thing, even though some of us may go because our bodies succumb to the environmental elements and we may have a sickness or, or, or maybe a bad accident or something. That doesn't matter. How long is that going to last? Once that's over with, now you have an eternity. And what have you been doing on this level to make that eternity and the transition a little easier? That's the trick to keep you from doing the work and gaining the wisdom, right? And the only place you're going to do that is when you can escape into your inner verse. How could you live, just to say on a carnal level, on a human level in the engineered system, that you can live the life you want to live, but you can't go home. You can't go inside. 
You can't go into your own refrigerator. You can't lay down in your own bed. I might let you go in the yard, but you're not going inside your house. But that's what this world does to us. Hollywood gossip keeps us from going into the universe. Sports and, and our addiction to sports. Every single day, when I check the various lists and the various uh, uh, things, Google trends and things that are trending and trending news, you know, when I wake up, I do check those things. Even if I'm going to speak about something that those things won't talk about. I do want to see what's going on in the world because maybe I can connect some dots or see beyond. When I talk about something, it's always going to be something behind that topic. So if you see Kim Kardashian on one of my banners, I'm not talking about Kim Kardashian for Kim Kardashian's sake. If you see me talk about Kanye West for some reason, it's not just because of him. I see the Hollywood gossip. It can slightly titillate me. You see these things, you say, oh, I see where they're going with this thing. But I don't lurk in that stuff. I don't linger in that stuff. No way. I will never do it. The bottom line is that those things are to pull you out of going home to your universe because all of those things will not matter and it will not help you lighten the load of this fear that they put out in the world and this depression that they induce inside of you. Depression, that's a spiritual hunger. Because if you were fulfilled and you had a, you had a, a means of doing this, a routine in your life that you kept your spiritual gas tank topped off, you would never be depressed. There are times I feel a little down. I'm human. I don't feel down right now. I'm enthusiastic. I was up late. Remember, when we do a show that may go to midnight on the East Coast, it's 4 o'clock in the morning for me. And when everybody else goes to sleep on the East Coast, because that's what I honor, because that's how I started out. I keep it based. I don't forget my roots. I'm not turning into somebody who's just going to wear an ankh and kente cloth and dashikis and, oh, I'm this now. Yeah, I know. My roots are in Africa. But I have not changed. I'll show you a little bit of it if you need to see it. But I am who I am. So then when the sun comes up early, I got to get up early sometime. And I am a little uh, not as scourged up as I usually am. I'm in a laid back mood because, as you can see this week, we put the work in. And next week, we're going to put more work in. And today, I'm going to put work in. But I'm going to go out in the yard, do some things, do some dirty work, help me scurve with the plants and lift what I have to lift up. There's a bed that we have that we have to put together. And remember, I'll tell you honestly, all the work is not done in this house. We still have to put the icing on the cake. There's still tile work to be done. There's still walls to be done, stones on the outside. Plumbing in certain bedrooms that we didn't finish the plumbing in because we're not in every bedroom. We're not in every bathroom. So we have to take time and do those things, right? So I have to juggle the cerebral, what I'm thinking about, the scheduling of the shows. This is why for me, when I get up, first thing now I'm going to do is knock out a program. Make my schedule. Second thing, my connectedness to nature. I am out in nature now. And I've been doing the work and putting the shows, but... I haven't been getting as much sunlight, so today it's going to be a little different. I'm a little fatigued. But see, I'm saying all this to say this. We have to keep our balance. In the man-made engineered world that we live in, that we have to go out and deal with these wayward spirits on these jobs and these people who don't really have a clue on how to live, 
And they see you with this inner glow. They see you with this happiness on the inside. They see that you're spending time in the universe, and they don't understand. They're panicking. They may have a smile on their face. It could be a good so-called friend, and they don't understand how you're peaceful in the chaos of this world. Because really and truly what's hanging over our head right now, we know what's hanging over our head, but a lot of us get into the escapism. Not only liquor or, or psych meds or, or weed or methamphetamine or crack or whatever it may be, mollies, but porn. We can escape into porn. Anything that is a heightened, artificially heightened type of reality, temporarily uh, experienced. So we got dudes, we know what it is. They go home, they lock that door, their wife might be in the next room who ain't dealing with them in certain ways. That's no excuse, but they got that little Vaseline, they're watching their porn, watching things that, that just can't happen in everyday life. Come on now. You got dudes walking around all pouring up and, and, and they're missing out on a wholesome life. You know, you eat food that got too much sugar and too much salt in it, it morphs your taste buds into something that is not supposed to be. So when you eat something that's lightly seasoned, it ain't seasoned enough. So when you look at a woman in the street, oh, she's not good enough because she's not like those porn actresses that we see. So now you lose your sensitivity. You can't perform. Lots of men, because of what's in their head, it ain't just about the physical, even though they're exhausting themselves every time they watch that stuff. But it's not just porn. There's so many other things. Number one, yes, you have to have something external good to be able to go into your universe. You need to take time by yourself. Even if you live in the most violent hood, it's not crazy all the time. You can find yourself in a park. You can find yourself by the beach if you live near water or a body of water. Take time and break the routine that you have. That can often be so predictable that there's no joy in, in adventure in that time. You might be what they call broke for a time. Well, if all you have is bus fare to go downtown, and walk around and see different things while you are inside your universe. You might not have enough money to go to a restaurant and get something to eat, but you know what? You can make something at home and bring it with you. Nobody has to know. Be with yourself. Keep yourself in the right state of mind. Don't alter your reality with chemicals. That's the worst thing you can do. Be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Love yourself. Spend time with yourself. Learn to enjoy yourself. Excavate the talents that you have hidden below. But you can't do that if your mind is caught up in all of this stuff in the world. You can't do that if you're not allowed to have the time, which we understand is an artificial concept on other levels, but on this level is very much a real thing. But you have your own internal clock, your own place of peace from within. Like I said, I can be in a room full of haters. A room full of people who have negative energy toward me, and I can escape into my own universe, and I know that pisses them off because they cannot manipulate me by any actions of what they do. Now, if they put their hand on me, that's a different thing. We're going to get down, we're going to boogie. It doesn't mean you have to be a punk. 
It doesn't mean you have to be a sissy. It doesn't mean you have to be docile. I'm a man and I can administer an ass whipping just like one can administer one on me. But I ain't going to take it. You understand? But we don't have to go there. But you must defend your peace. <laughs> Sometimes you have to step out and you might have to use some words on somebody. It doesn't mean you're going to be uh, uh, just in this other world like you're high as, fun, uh, high as a kite. You want to maintain that. But sometimes you're going to have to draw the lines in the sand. Realistically, let the people know, listen, you stay over there with that mess, this is not going on here. It's just like that person who, that old grandmother you go visit. It might not even be your grandmother, but it's your friend's grandmother or somebody's grandmother. You're going to go pick up somebody to go somewhere and you happen to find yourself in this house and they're meeting you for the first time. And they can smell cigarette smoke on you. And that grandma says, listen, listen, baby. I know I'm just meeting you now. And I can smell the smoke on you. But when you come in this house, not only are you not going to smoke, but you can't smell like that because I'm not going to let you in. Because when you leave, that smell is going to be in here. And grandma don't want that stuff in her house. You go to visit your grandmother, but you get ready to go to the club later on, and you know you got this short skirt that only covers 75% of your butt cheeks. God forbid you have to pick something up. You have no secrets. But you know you... know she has a standard. See... In having and maintaining our universe, we got to have certain standards of what we will not allow in our midst. You don't have to tolerate anything that you don't need, have to tolerate in your universe, in your secret garden, even in your private space. So even if for a time you have 15 people or you're in a situation where you have no choice but to sleep next to 15 people in a crowded room, and five of them on a bed and you on the floor with somebody's funky feet in your face, you can still escape to your universe. I admit in that situation, it might be a little challenging with feet in your face and about five of them farting. You know, that might be a little challenging, but you can get through it if you cultivate that connection to yourself. And that is one thing I have to say, ah, that's really helped to get me through. The power blinked off for a second, but... Everything's back on. Like they have these surges, not great surges, but little things. And we have these things set with the electrical system that will do that, you know, cut everything off. And so, boom, it's back on. But I'm, I'm good where I am because I'm going to end this up soon. It's a beautiful sight that I see. And I want to start doing some lives early in the day on the balcony where you can see the actual mountains behind me. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And when I say these things, there's certain people who say, oh, he talked too much. He over there bragging. Bragging about what? Getting away from the madness? This makes it easier for me to get into my universe, which I've always known that I've had for years. This has been a goal of mine. I don't get mad at a person if they go and buy a luxury car they can't afford. I never wanted that. Hell, I don't even have a car right now. And I'm in a different country. The local transportation will suffice for me. Because just like Dr. Day said, it made, made it very easier for her to transition into Liberia when she lived there for six years. And I think she lived another six years there at a separate time, 12 years altogether, because she had humility. 
See, I'm not coming out here feeling I'm better than anybody else. I, I don't have those superficial masks that I that, that most people wear. How many masks? I'm not saying you in the chat room or you who are listening. I'm just saying this is a, it's a figure of speech. How many masks are you wearing? <laughs> you got a mask for church. You're holy. You got a mask for that dude that's flipping into your bedroom with that woman who you meet at 2 o'clock in the morning and nobody knows. You got a mask for that person. You got a mask for your friends. You got a mask for your neighbors. You got a mask to yourself. And that's the worst kind when we lie to ourselves. This is why I can just speak like this and be real and raw. You understand? I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? I'm off the market, but there's some women out here who have some shapes. I turn around a little couple, look in the mirror and reflect, say, oh, my God, I can't take it any further. But I get caught, too. But like I said, a line of coke would never get me, right? A bottle of liquor would never get me. But a beautiful woman, you see, oh, my God, I, gotta, I can't be looking at that too long. We don't want to go down that matrix. <laughs> I'm comfortable with myself. I know where not to step. When you got a dog in the backyard that you don't take out because it's a big yard, they can go where they go to go to the bathroom, but you know you got a dog back there, so when you walk out there at night, you better carry a flashlight. Or you're going to be making some brown pasta, like a pasta machine, between your toes. It's happened to me many a time. <laughs> you know, pasta comes out. When you step in some sugar, honey, iced tea, and watch, watch how it comes out between your toes. Too much information. Let me come over and make sure I have a connection still. Sometimes these things have a way of, uh, let me move down the comments. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. Jeff. Yes, indeed. Nice to see you. This worked out fine, though. See, I keep myself ready. And I can do live shows anywhere I go now because I have portable internet, this uh, beautiful mic here. And Yvonne said, what about those men that get it at home and they still watch porn and get it off? Yeah, that's an addiction. See, that's a whole other show, but I'll say it this way. I've been down that road not as an addiction. You know, we're all young and we see things larger than life, but then we've got to understand what it's doing to us. See, it, it, it drains you. It drains you from the enjoyment of that connection to another person. Now, and what I mean by another person, me as a man means my woman, right? But when you're eating all this spicy food, who wants to go and who can enjoy bland vegan food? Bland. You know, vegan food would be really tasty. Vegetarian could be very tasty. You know, regular food would be very tasty. Regular food, not seasoned, is no good. So you're used to the stimulation, stimulation larger than life. But it doesn't bring you into a deeper connection with your wife or if you're a woman, because a lot of women watch porn too, right? And they become disconnected from their husband. I'll just say from your mate. It takes you away because of the spiciness, the stimulation, the colors, the immediate entanglements that one can get into in their fantasy world. You don't have to take this woman out on a date. You don't have to be in shape. You don't have to be handsome as a man. A lot of men walk around with insecurities and not just because of that, but they're not going to encounter the real 
situations. I'm not saying they're real and porn, but let's just imagine they're real, right? This is like hanging bait or hanging a carrot in front of a rabbit while it's on uh, uh, the treadmill, the round thing. They keep running, they're running towards the carrot, but they never get it. Well, in their mind, they see this stuff and it's happening, so it must be real. But it's not. It's staged and it's larger than life. And many hope to replicate these scenarios in their mind that becomes fantasy and they get this dopamine hit on something that they're pretty much not going to get. Listen, I know people who shoot porn. It was offered to me when I had a much better body 40 years ago that I can get down with this. And people who know me know that I've taken lots of pictures in that kind of arena. Foolishly. I think it was back in 1984. They're out there floating around. You won't know it's me because I had jerry curls and I was 60 pounds lighter <laughs> with a 10-pack. <laughs> you all saw that picture. But no, I've been there. There's nothing romantic about it. There's nothing sexual about it. You got about 10 or 15 people standing around you with the lights on you, microphones where the cameras can't see, multiple cameras. How do you think they cut from one shot to the other back in those days? And I've known people up in these warehouses. We're going to be doing this. Or that. Ain't nothing pretty about it. But they go up in the hotel, there's all these people, all these lights, all this, all that. Okay, cut. You got to maintain an erection. And you got to stop. You got to get back into it. And they loop over all of the different footage from angles. So if you have a scenario that lasts 10 minutes long, if they have four cameras, all of a sudden it's going to last for 40 minutes. And they cut it up and make it seem like it lasts. So these guys who see this stuff, say, oh, man, I lasted six minutes and I, I blew my stack. So they think now that they have to be sexual supermen to keep up with the movie, which is not real. It's real in the fact that there are human bodies there, but these are professional actresses. And I'll tell you this, and actors, and I'll tell you this much, the majority of them are on drugs. Now, I'm not going to say now all the way. Why? And I'm kind of getting too deep into this topic, but I'm going to pull myself one out and I'm going to answer your question. Because now people are doing things homemade. We have phones. We have editing equipment. You can use your phone to make porn. I know a person out here who stepped to me who wants, who's, who is making it, and he's putting this stuff up on red tube and U-porn, right, and ex-hamster. I know the business now, so it ain't like I don't know. I'm just telling you how it is. And he's like, Lance, I watch you. I like what you do, and I know you got the lighting and the, and the and nice cameras, and I need you to come help me. You know, I need you to come help me shoot these movies. And I'm like, I'm not really in that state of mind. And if I was to help you shoot, it was a business deal. But I do, I'm not doing that. But, but I'm looking at it as far as an angle, as far as, okay, this angle, the lighting has to go this way, or tell the archer back a little more. It's all technical stuff for me. Been there, done that, right? But most men, they feel the wife cannot supply that rush. And they don't consciously think that. But it's, it, 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 they get into this thing that's larger than life that, that no woman can keep up with. If you get into your woman and you get into the things if you're open and honest about what you like, not stimulated by porn, but just 
little fetishes, little things. Get, get, get the connection with her. I'm speaking as a man. Or get the connection with him if you're a woman. That thing messes up your mind. Now, we have to understand that men are visual creatures. So a lot of our wives, women, get annoyed in thinking they're being looked at as an object. But that man still got that little boy in him, and he wants to look at your butt. He wants to touch it. He wants to touch your legs. He wants to see your titties spilling over that bra. He wants to see these visuals of things that in his mind when he was a 13-year-old boy were kind of forbidden. I want to see it, but I can't get caught. There is a lust factor to sexuality. We can't deny that. It's not going to be where you, you see roses and butterflies and, oh, yes, I love you. This is a beautiful experience. Yes. Oh. And you hear the angels in the sky. Oh. It don't work that way. It can be that way. But you got to acknowledge the lust factor even with the love. And a lot of women fall short of that. And I'm not saying that that is an excuse for a man to formulate his own world of porn and leave his wife alone because that's a very selfish thing. That you're going to get your pleasure elsewhere. In a way, that's just as bad as going out there with another woman. Because in essence, that's what you're doing. You're just using the physical hand to stimulate yourself. You ain't thinking about your wife and you stroking yourself Looking at this woman, right? You ain't doing that. Now, there are couples who watch porn together, so I, I've been there. But those were lust-based relationships where we were using each other to masturbate with each other. I don't mean masturbate. We sit in the room, but we having sex, but we, we lusted out. But men don't want to talk about this stuff. I don't care. Ask me the questions. I'll talk about it. Let's do a show on that. Let me just come on for an hour or two and just rant on about these little things. You ask questions and I answer, not that I'm the authority, but I'm going to tell you what I know, what I feel, what I experience. Maybe it's something different for somebody else. You know? Yeah, let me, let me see what I'm... Yeah, a country woman, yes. <laughs> you can do all kinds of crazy, nasty things to a person with no morals uh, tied to it. Yes, yes, yeah. Because that fizzles out. That's a lust thing. But the lust will burn a hole in your soul. I've been to places like that. Look, I used to throw those adult parties. Y'all know that for years. I used to throw adult parties for eight years. So I know I'm qualified to talk about that. Because I've seen it in action with hundreds of people. All right? And for me to experience things that most men won't. And I don't want to run toward that world. And my mind is still messed up behind it. I've still got to cleanse myself of thoughts that pop in my head of things that I actually did. Not one time or two times, but hundreds of times. I mean, at one point in them eight years, of, uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell too much. I'm just going to say it like this. Threesomes, four or five days out of the week, different women. I'm not happy about that. But what I'm happy about is that I can come out of that and see the beauty of a, of a peaceful, tranquil life with no residue 
that stays with me in that world. Yeah, thoughts, yeah, I can't forget. One day I'll have an ultra adult show for choice people. And you want to ask some things? I'm going to tell you exactly what it was like. I can tell you exactly what it's like for that stuff to take over your mind and your heart. You intoxicated with this thing. And you realize it's just a bad of a drug. It's cocaine, alcohol, heroin. It's a drug. It's a drug where you can't find any substance on your person because it's your mind turned against you. And this is why so many marriages are broken up because that wife says there must be another woman. Well, if you look at the keyboard hard enough, it's a little sticky looking, right? The lubricant on his hands when he's hitting the keys to go to the next scene and whatever. Check the history on your computer. He's not going to always clear it off. He's going to forget sometime. Check the history. See what he's looking at at night. He gets up to go to the bathroom and you realize he's been gone for two hours. As you see, when you go into those worlds, and it's formulated that way if you understand. There's manipulation in that world, not even just against the, the family unit or relationships, but on your mind because that's a drug that's given out freely. They White folks, Caucasians, many don't know, but those who want to engineer who we want and desire and lay with, they use porn. Where are all these white women giving out these blowjobs? <laughs> Where are they? I'm not looking for one. But the algorithms, you know what? I'm going to shut up right now. I'm going to do something tomorrow or later, probably tomorrow. It might pop up later. I got to get out in the sunlight and work in this yard, y'all. But I'm going to call it sexual algorithms. And I'm going to have a little word behind that. We need to talk about that. You know, we need to talk about that. I might put that live somewhere else, though. You know, no, I'll put it where it is. I might put it on the site and not on YouTube because I want to go deep where, you know. But I can say what I say without having to get explicit. But sometimes to make you see and to make you know, because I've had experiences during those experiences that were on an occultic level by the people I was dealing with because of what they were dipping dabbing in. Not African spirituality or our original way. I'm talking about straight occult, demonic stuff. Seen things, felt things, yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Excuse my French. But that's nothing to mess with. But when you look at how freely this thing is passed out to our brothers, where it's all of these white women and interracial this and this and that, when they know that their race has low birth rates. So you see how they're manipulating porn and putting that into the mind of black men who many, I'm not going to say all, many still have that desire from the plantation brainwashed into thinking Missy Ann was a better woman than the woman that was next to him. So it reactivates that stuff. And now I know people personally now, personally, sending me pictures. Yo, why are you sending me hundreds of pictures a day? I don't want to see that stuff. Oh, 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 look at that one. Oh, look how she's doing it. Oh, look at it. Look at oh, Look at her ass. Oh, look at it. Come on, man. You, you at it. We addicted to our smartphones sometimes. Put it down and take a walk. Go to town without it. Or find yourself on the way out. You a couple of miles away. You would turn around and go back and get it. Now you're all messed up. Ain't no different than a crack pipe. 
<laughs> That's another show. <laughs> yes, but I do have to get out of here. I get out of here. It's 12.54 p.m. in the afternoon in the crowd gala, and it is damn beautiful out there. I don't know if I saw the same old, the backyard is not just the backyard. You're looking over, you know, to the other side of the mountain, you see all this. Man, it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. There's no shot of liquor, cocaine, methamphetamine, porn. You put me in a room with 10 naked women that can't beat this. And I'm glad to be able to have my filters unclogged and my filters clean, cleansed. Because, see, your filters get clogged when you get into porn that way. You start thinking of all kind of stuff. Well, well, well if, if I have a woman and she's sexy like that, if I had another woman to be licking here, then it'll be better. And if I had one uh, sitting on my face, be, I've been on doing that stuff. That's the, it wasn't just porn for me. So I know the end of it. And I know the tragedies in the personal lives of people who are addicted to those activities. And see, Satan, I just say Satan, right? I'm not saying, well, I'm from Christian or whatever. Look, Satan, they say, comes to you in a straight path. The devil comes to you in a straight path. Food is good. We need food. We need nutrition. But in the straight path of eating, we can be lied to and think that if we eat all the food in the world because of our not being able to get into our own universe and cleanse ourselves, we will make ourselves obese and kill ourselves off. Right? The straight path of lovemaking. Satan comes in that too and takes it all out of context, something good and natural. The natural need to sleep, which can be quite pleasurable. That don't mean you're going to sleep all day. Now, if you're imbalanced in the system, right, then you, 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 you're old a time on the weekend. I'm just going to lay around. Don't mean nothing's wrong with you. You're imbalanced. You're bringing yourself back in balance because you put out so much effort. You need to sleep a little more. But those who have nothing to do, nothing on their mind, no desire to accomplish anything, but they want to sleep all day. Get up, Negro. You don't deserve to be laying in the bed all day. You ain't got no job. You ain't in school. You have no aspirations. Because when you're living in balance, you can't help but want to motivate to do something. Right? So we have to think about the cancers. And I hate to say that word because there are many people I know who transition because of that. But that's what it is. These things are cancers. These distractions. The cancers to our livelihood, to our lives, to the quality of our life. We're in a beautiful place and things are in our head. We can't even see the beauty that's around us. The more and more I look over this balcony in my master bedroom bathroom and look out there, I could stand here and look out there all day long. It brings a peace to me. But it's not because of just the physical, geographical location, the visuals. I got a job to do to actively cleanse myself as this scenario helps me to go into the personal universe. So just going somewhere doesn't stop you. You know that. Again, I always use this example. You wait all year for a two-week vacation. All year you talk about, I can't wait to get that two-week vacation. I can't wait to get that. Now you got the two-week vacation. Say you go to the Caribbean or someplace like that, Hawaii or wherever, somewhere different than the inner city and the smog and the crowds of people. And now you're sitting there and realize that 
You start counting down the days when you're going to go back. Oh, this is beautiful. I love it, but oh my God, it's 13 more days you have to go back to that old, that old lousy place called a job. Oh, it's 12 days before I go back. Oh, it's 11, 10, 9, 8, 10. The day, the day before you leave or two days before you leave, you on vacation and acting depressed. <laughs> you on vacation. Why are you acting depressed? Because you know that two weeks is over and it wasn't going to do everything for you. You had the beauty around you and now you're on a vacation thinking about the place, that little cubicle or the miserable people that you work with, gossiping, mad because you left. So why can't we be in the moment? I'm not saying be in the moment on your job if you don't like it. But why can't we have that universe to escape to when we're on the job? We're getting over. How do you think I drove 11 hours a day driving the bus, met Mrs. Curve in the wee hours to finish up a gig that we had for two or three hours, then come home and do a live stream for three and four hours, right? Go to bed at six, have enough enthusiasm to wake up at 10, and oftentimes do another live stream for an hour or two, and then go on to work. So, 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 so for those who think that, oh, he got it right. No, 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 no. I put the work in, y'all. I put the work in. It's right there. Scroll down to all them old videos when I was up in the wee hours. Lots of times before I would go to work, what would I do? I'd get up, wash up, get something to eat, put on, because we wore shorts. Oh, yeah, long pants. I used to wear my shorts. I put on a uniform, but a different shirt. And do my live stream up until the minute when I had to leave because I had the street lights memorized on how they worked to get to the base to drop my car, to take the shuttle downtown, to pick up the bus that was in circulation. I mastered the lights. See? When you're determined to do something, you're going to get it done. So now that I'm up here for people that don't know me from back in the days, don't, 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 don't. Don't throw off and say, oh, he got it like that. Because all the time when I was doing that, I was thinking about a future reality that I was going to be living. And it wasn't just some belief. At first it was going to be Jamaica, but then we decided it was going to be here. And there's a bird on the balcony right on the post looking at me through the window. <laughs> I like stuff like that. Peaceful. He hears me in here. You know, I wish I could take a picture, but I'm using my phone for the stream. But there's things like that that make it worth my while. Things like that that let me know that this is a manifestation of what I, and I'll say pray, but not in the Christian sense, what I prayed on and what I righteously prayed on, P-R-A-Y and P-R-E-Y. You have the right to pray on something righteous, P-R-E-Y. Go after it. Take it. As long as you're not taking it from somebody else. You have a right. But we're too timid. But these are the things that you learn in your own universe that you have that right. Because we have enough people outside, external, speaking their projection on our life. And we don't have the filters to know that this person who you think is a friend is really killing your dreams. So you can't reside in that place with them all the time. When you go into your universe, it's self-correcting 
Those negative thoughts spoken into your life cannot come with you into your universe. If your universe is clean, if your universe is cluttered, like we said, with porn, with alcohol addiction, with the gossip addiction, all those different things, it's no different residing within as it is in the world. So you've got to keep that universe immaculate. And as soon as you start to see remnants of residue that begins to occupy or slip into your universe because you're coming in there with some thought spoken into your life or a negative thought that was into you from a movie you saw and you said, oh, God, I can't do this. Look what happened to the movie. No. Leave that stuff at the door and escape within that special place where you go and nobody else can go. You can't bring people into your universe. You can't do that. Ain't going to happen. So keep it clean. Watch what people try to speak into your life. Speak and pray in both spellings, P-R-A-Y and P-R-E-Y, when you determine to go after this. See? Because wicked people pray too. And they usually get what they want because they ain't so damn polite. Oh, I can't do this. They will slash your neck to get what they want. And I'm not saying you have to do that. But we need to be a little more aggressive as people on the moral high ground to know that we have the gifts from our creator here that we can enjoy. And damn it, in this phase of my life, ain't no entity out there that ain't doing the right thing by themselves going to stop me from enjoying what I've had to endure, the the, the back talk, the gossip, the slander, the actual attempts to stop you from doing what you got to do. I earned this. It would have been nice if I could have been 20 years old enjoying this, but I was living a whole different life with a whole different mind. Maybe some other people enjoy it younger. Maybe some have to wait till they're older. I don't care about the chronological age. I'm here, and it doesn't mean because I'm in Ghana. It means that this geographical place allows me a little more time in my own personal situation with what little money I may get from working all my life that I can carve out a niche Where's your niche? What will make you happy? You don't have to come out to the country. You ain't got to come out or even leave the country. If you want to stay where you are, think about what does you the best. Right? Because I know if I was in New York City right now, I wouldn't be miserable. Yeah, high cost of living and everything, and that's not where I want to be. I did 38 years, 38 and a half years. You know? But the bottom line is, Maybe there could be good for you if there's something that you do where there's an abundance of, of if you're a musician, if, if you're a person who does photography, you know, I'm just throwing something out there. So, so these people who get on here, yes, you're not living until you come out to the motherland. That's a bunch of malarkey. Your universe has got to be right. Because a lot of people come out here who think things are going to change overnight when they show up out here and their lives, lives are just as miserable and their hearts just as corrupted. See? But it is nice for what I want. And there's a couple of amenities I miss, okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? But you have to weigh it out. But what do you want? Ask yourself that question for the rest of the day. I'm nobody's teacher or lecturer. I'm just trying to pass along a little motivation. Look into your life and say, what is it that I want and need? And you can have a want. Because you know what? There's so many satellite entities in your life, maybe, maybe not, more so or less, that are getting what they want out of you for their purpose, and you ain't getting nothing. And you helping them, whether you know it or not. 
whether it's advice or life force or whatever. And when they get what they want, what do they do? They give you the ass to kiss because you don't see them no more. And that's why they was around you all the time in the first place. Not everybody. But you can count on one hand who's in your corner. Why don't you take your energy, your energy, and execute and use it for something that you want, something that you need. Got to give them what they want. Got to give them what they need. Fight the power. <laughs> yeah. And there's some people who are going to make it seem as though that's a crime. Oh, you selfish. Well, who else is going to do for you other than you? Yeah, you have those. It was revealed to me by their actions earlier this year. Individuals who are in my corner who went over and above at the right time because they listened to their spirit because I was in need. Yes, I was. Oh, man. I wish I could call their name, but I, they'd rather me not. They just came out of nowhere. I mean, really, out of nowhere, like, <laughs> I said, this has got to be a creator. Because I'm trying my best to improve myself and be a plus to any atmosphere that I'm in, wherever I'm needed. If you need a laugh, I'll make you laugh. If you need a shoulder to cry on, I'll give that to you. If you need what little advice I can give, the best I can give it, because I'm not a professional, I'm not a scholar that way. But I can share my experiences. And this is the mindset that we have to have as we go and protect ourselves. Protect yourself at all times, of course. But when you see someone who's in need that is sincere, help them out. Help them out in whichever little way or large way you can. This is how nature works. These birds that are flying around, I don't see no bird with no refrigerator flying around. Oh, we got to bring these we got to bring these berries back to the fridge. They go out every day. They may have a hungry stomach, but there's always food. See? Everything supports everything, and if we had that mentality, this world would be a perfect place. It would be a beautiful place. So do your part, but don't exhaust yourself. Don't let anybody pull the sob story on you and have you exhausting yourself. You still have to make sure to take care of yourself. Get your rest. I've learned that. <laughs> I have no choice. And I'm still pushing. Because I really enjoy what I do. But even that, the devil comes in a straight path. You're doing doing a good work. And he'll have you overwork thinking you're doing something good because it is something good and you'll destroy yourself and cut your life short. We don't want that. We don't want that. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it down. Let me just come into the chat room and just take a peek. I got the phone up by the window. Yeah. Yes, indeed. If there's anything that you want me to talk about or ramble on, I have no problem with it. I don't care what it is. It could be any topic. It could be any situation. <laughs> I dare you to ask me to talk about stuff. I say, oh, I can't talk about that. That's a little too risque. That's a little too, bit too taboo. Come on, y'all. Make me dig deep. I can dig deep, but I don't want to dig deep in a way that you're not interested in. Right? <laughs> But in these intense 60 years, 60 years to a 20-year-old, man, you old. I remember when I was 15 years old in high school, and one of the teachers was 34, and I was like, man, you old. <laughs> now I see somebody 34, like, man, you a kid, you young. 
Look, we just got here a little bit before those on the chronological tip. It's not about the chronological age either because we have a lot of old fools out here who didn't learn the lessons that they had to learn. And we have a lot of people out here 25, 30 years old who are elders to me that I'll submit to. So while the chronological age is an indication somewhat, it's not definitive that they have to have this wisdom. And many people who get to a certain age prostitute that age because they know that you're going to give them props because of that age. And they're talking stupidness and they're getting over and wasting your time. But the more you dig, you realize these people are shallow. They're just fools and it's just a facade. Because if I am who I say I am, I'm going to be who I am 360 degrees around all the time. Not where you catch me this way or catch me that way. This is why I speak freely. I speak the way I speak, and sometimes people don't understand it. Sometimes I speak worldly. Sometimes people are like, man, you sound like a preacher. I ain't trying to be no preacher. I'm just who I am. Whatever it is I'm going to share, whatever my creator tells me to speak on, I'm going to speak on. And if you ask me something to speak on, I'll do it. And I'm not going to come with any preconceived that has to sound good and I have to package it this way. You ask me on the spot, I'm going to tell you on the spot. Just like Sister Yvonne asked of a certain situation, and I explained it. And I'll come back tomorrow and I go to some books and look at some, some things and quotes and all this stuff. And I'm speaking facts on something. I have to go and do research and say, okay, one in five you know, Americans are on psych meds. Or, yeah, I had to look over some things because I wanted to drop some facts. I'm not going to make stuff up out of my head. So many people who are scholars are researching certain things in ways that I appreciate because <laughs> I don't have decades to go research one thing. And I'm all for being self-sufficient. But if I have a heart issue, I'm not going to say, well, I have a heart issue. Let me go to a, a, a medical school and then go to a heart specialist type situation so I can do my own, sit up doing my own operation. That ain't going to work. <laughs> you go to those people who specialize in that area of expertise and you get the benefit of their years of study. So what you pay them is really minuscule because you can't do it yourself. So this is how we all have to share our information and experiences and never undervalue yourself and never think that what you have to offer is nothing. Because I've learned more from those who are elderly who didn't have a formal education, probably had two or three teeth in their mouth and didn't know how to write. And I sat down and spoke with them and um, got more wisdom. Like I say, if there's ever a real Christian that I know, I know one person who comes onto the show, he doesn't even say that he is that. He's evolved from that, Right. And this other woman who I know, who I don't know if she's still with us, because growing up she was elderly at that particular time. And she had a little storefront church, and her name was, we called her Sister Foster. And she always kept the Bible in her hand, but she was not a fanatic. But when that woman told you something, you better listen to it, because it always came true. If she warned you about something, you better listen. Like I said, I'm not making fun of her, but I, I, think I, I think she had more toes than teeth. That's not a knock on her. I don't think she finished elementary school. That's not a knock on her. It's really a testimony as to the power that she had. She was very low-key. She always wore white. She was never pushing things on you. She told you something if she saw or the Spirit led her to say it. She accepted you as you were. 
But she wasn't running behind. Oh, you a sinner. And you need to come to my church. And you need to do this. I was sitting right there. Back in 1975. When, or was it early? Yeah, early 76. I was 13 years old. And Sister Foster came down. My mother went to the church. She would go to different churches. But most of the time, my mother was singing in different churches and stuff like that, different functions and whatever, funerals and different things. They would call on her to do that stuff. And sometimes she'd go to different churches that she'd do just to hear some word or whatever that she'd do. And this was a small storefront. I mean, this place was small, but powerful. It was a family church with probably 10 other members, and that's it. So she went. I wanted to go because I used to love to hear her talk. And so she had the microphone and she was talking and she was deep in prayer. And she said, there's some things that are coming to her that she wants to share with people. And she didn't make things public, but I was right there. I was right there and I saw it. I was sitting next to my mother and Sister Foster came over to my mother and whispered in her ear. She says, you have an issue here on your side. And she said, you need to check yourself out. And she said, whispered it to her. And I was close by. I got good hearing. They had a little low music playing. And she said, you need to check, get a breast exam and get everything checked out. My mother went the next week and found out that she had breast cancer. It was a malignant tumor. And so she wanted to do the holistic thing. And we would go out every weekend into Staten Island, into a place that it, it, it was supposed to be this treatment. And this was years ago, right? It was called Laetril. Laetrile, and they got this thing out of apricots. Looking back, it was it was quackery. So she went to get these treatments, and my father would take her every Saturday, and I would go every Saturday for about a year. But it didn't work. It got worse. It got bigger. It was the threat of it being or getting ready to spread and burst, and that would have took her out of here. So in July of 1977, she had an operation at Sloan Kettering Hospital on the east side of Manhattan. One of the world's most, uh, you know, powerful cancer centers, Sloan Kettering. You probably know that name from other situations. And that was a very inverse-like time for me. That although I was, what, 14 years old at that time, 13 years old early in the year because my birthday is in April, that forced me to see my mother's mortality, my father's mortality, everybody's mortality, my mortality. Even though I was a young guy still looking at comic books and, you know, sneaking peeks at girls and living my life, but there was a sadness that came over me that I had to deal with. And I had to go into my universe at that time. I'd listen to music more than most people would listen to. I'd write more. I would draw more. I would... I was still alive for the party and hanging out and playing baseball and stuff with my friends, and I discovered boxing and eventually bodybuilding, which helped to get me into that zone. But I'll never forget that period. And she had to get the breast removed, and they said if we operated another three hours, if we didn't do it now and waited three more hours, that malignant tumor was about to blow. We didn't have the money to pay for that operation. Her aunt, my aunt, but her aunt that raised her after her parents died came from Columbus, Ohio. I ain't going to lie, they were loaded. They were loaded. They had the uh, minibus, what do you call it there, the uh, home on wheels. They drove up, and they paid for everything cash. Not money coming out, but, you know, they wrote a check, and everything was taken care of because that was like her daughter from 
young. And so I could talk about a lot of all, all those other things and everything, but, you know, I got, a, I got a problem with this thing called Christianity, but I do not have a problem with real spirituality. And for all the wicked people out there that try to do things to you, you have to know that you're protected, but you have to keep yourself protected by being rooted in the real. You can call it different things. Whatever you call it, it better be the real thing connected to this mighty force of the universe that created the universe. That's one thing I know in the examples that were shared with me, which are far and few between because most of it was quackery. So we live in a life where there's a lot of deceptions, there's a lot of veils pulled over our eyes, and sometimes we get fooled for years. We get a charismatic person in our life that sways us a certain way and we realize it was wrong. Don't come down too hard on yourself. Even when you get to the advanced ages, and you can still be fooled. But you just have to press forward and know that everything is going to be all right as long as you stay connected. And don't ever think that the creator who made you abandoned you. Sometimes we tend to think that. Sometimes others will make mockery of what our knowledge is. I'm not going to say belief, right? Just to get back at us. But I'll leave on this. You've got to understand that the creator never pulls back connection to us. We oftentimes, in being fooled, lose our connection to the creator. You have an internet connection. You step away too far. The internet never stopped putting out that signal. But maybe you went too far down in your apartment complex with your laptop or too far like inside, inside the house here. It's all concrete, poured concrete and cinder block. So if I'm way up and I have my internet module in the attic and I go way down in my studio, three stories here, I may not get a signal. That doesn't mean that the internet stopped working. I lost my connection to the internet that was always there. So don't let this world distract you from your connection to the creator, the most high, whatever you want to call it. We have different, we all get over what we call it. Come on. You know what I mean? Because we all have a different relationship and we're all on a different timeline of, of awareness of what is there. So I know I've been able to take flight a long time ago, meaning that I'm getting lighter and lighter and lighter in my spirit, and I'm releasing the carnal things of the world more and more. I got a couple of toes on my left foot still stuck in that stuff. I'm trying to pull it out. <laughs> but I know where my blip is on the radar screen. And we need to be real with ourselves, with our challenges, with what we have inside. But no matter how chaotic the world gets, always know you can escape within. You are supposed to escape within. It is the job of the wicked world to pull us out of ourselves, to pull us out of that perpetual Wi-Fi connection that never stops serving us, but we lose our connection to the Wi-Fi. You see? And I'm not talking about Wi-Fi. I'm talking about nature and our creator. So no, we can always be connected. We just have to find our way back to that spot where we can receive the signal. <laughs> and on that note, just knowing it's been a pleasure. I'm addicted to talking to you all and vibing with you all. I love it. And it's not for any foolishness that's out here. Let me see, see what's here. Lance, how do you deal with a mate that keeps breaking their word and are not trying to get financially together so the family can be right together? Well, it's tough when you're committed to someone and you're locked in, which you're not locked in, 
But if they're not committed financially where, number one, I don't know the super details, but maybe you can reach out to me now. We'll talk about it or I'll speak about it in a general way in another show. Either they're making money and not putting the money to the house or they have no way of making money and they ain't trying to find a way of making money and you pulling everything and everybody else who's working is pulling everything and they're getting a free ride. Well, they get less and less. They get less and less. You sit down and you let them know that whatever you are getting out of this union, you're, you're, you're going to receive less. You're not cooking for them. It's hard to do to cook in the house and not let the person eat. But if it's somebody who's attached to you and you are involved intimately with them, I'm not saying hold back on certain things, but you're, bond, you're binding yourself with a person who's pulling against you. So how can you give yourself to this person when they're diametrically opposed to your well-being? You see what I mean? So they they, they got to get less of something. They can't enjoy the fruits of your labor and not put something in. And if they're making money and refusing to put into it, they're going to have to get less and less. And where are they putting their money if they're making money and not bringing it to the house? Because I take great joy in knowing that whatever I'm getting comes to the house. And then I ask to take from that if I need something. Oh, man, you a simp, man. You got to ask for the money you work for. No, but it's out of respect to the total unit. It's not against the woman or the woman against me. No, it's, it's to the unit. Because a good man will say, if I am taken away from this situation and transitioned to another level, I'd like to know that I undergirded it enough and made it strong that it can keep on going on without me. And if it can't, let that be the goal. A bad man will say, something happened to me, y'all up, y'all ass out. And that's somebody you need to get rid of, but they can have that kind of mentality because it's got to be about the family unit, the family, the household, maintaining it, making it stronger, making it self-sufficient, making it independent. That's the way it should be. So I'm going to meditate on that. And if you want to reach out to me, you know, in the description area, there's my number, the emails and stuff. I will not share your information, which you tell to me. And I'll address it directly to you. You know, I'll even talk with you on the phone or... Make a little video just for you, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, it's in the general way it was shared with me, so I can't really say the specifics unless I know the specifics. So, yeah, I'm that kind of guy. I enjoy this. You know, if I can help in any kind of way, I will, you know, and that's what life is all about. It's not about how many hits you get. It's not how many followers you have because you know YouTube and social media can manipulate that. It's the amount of people that you can touch and the time spent. I'm not here. For any other reason, because I love to be here, and I know it may help to make a difference in somebody's life, because we all need people to talk to. There are people who listen for years, and then they send me a note, I'm listening for years, man, you helped me with this, you helped me with that. And there are people who I've met who have helped me in certain dilemmas. I'm not some uh, supreme potentate <laughs> spiritual leader who's the all-knowing of this. No, it's mutual. Many of you have helped me in times when I needed it. So on that note, let me go. I'm going to go in this yard. I'm also going to get another bite to eat. Then I'm going to start my work. And I'll, i got to do a lot of things on the website. i got to set up certain things that have nothing to do with shows, but support the shows and technical things and getting passwords for this and get the code for that to change this and that. There's a lot of stuff that goes on into this. But this is the fun part for me, more so, right? 
So anyway, I want to thank you all for being here sincerely. This is a great way, even though it's now, uh, uh, what is it, 1.26 in the afternoon, and by 6 o'clock everything is dark, it's okay because time moves slow where I am. And I'm still connected to my universe. And what we spoke on today was destiny. It was supposed to happen. I didn't really know what I was going to speak about until I sat down, you know, and it came to me. And I don't force it. It just came to me because of all the madness in the world and so many of us who have addictions and, and do things and get caught up in things that are not necessary because we need to know that we have a home within ourselves, a place within ourselves, but we have to nurture that place and maintain it so it's there when we need it. Because a lot of our friends may abandon us that we think of friends. A lot of people may turn their back on us and disappoint us. But I've learned from very young, my parents always taught me about that universe without saying that word. And even from 13, 14 years old, when I had to deal with that sorrow of looking at my mother and hoping that she was going to live until, I, until at least I got older. And it happened, you know. And still, it was what I felt maybe a little too early. My father transitioned when I was 27. And my mother transitioned when I was 31. I'm 60 years old now, so go figure. I haven't heard my mother's voice externally for 29 years. Isn't that something? But I hear her voice every day, right? I haven't heard my father's voice for what now? Uh, uh, 30-something years, right? 30, yeah, 33 years. But I can still feel his input into my essence. And in my DNA, I act like him and her now. Certain things come out with a little bit of my own personality on top of that. But that's just the way it is. Life is mysterious. And there's a lot of things we're just not going to understand until later on. If we transition over, some, oh, wow, that's the reason why. Oh, I mean, some people say we have no uh, uh, remembrance of this level. But there's an imprint into our souls that I think we carry with us. You see what I mean? Just the same way when people say, oh, look at that child right there. That's an old soul. You see how he's or he or she is looking? That's an old soul. <laughs> That's the way it is. You know, it's funny. I don't know why I thought about this. This is a joke on the way out. You ever see that meme on Facebook or Instagram? And it's a picture of a little kid, like a newborn baby, a little black boy, that they say this is what happens when you have a child with your sugar daddy, meaning that, He's an older man, and you're younger, and you got a baby from him, but the child comes out with a receding hairline, a mustache, and wrinkles. <laughs> uh, that's not an old soul. That's just uh... <laughs> but Anyway, let me go. Sweet D, how are you? Sylvia Williams, I appreciate you all. Les, how are you? I'm doing good. Sorry, I was walking around. We had a little power outage for uh, 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 two minutes. Everything came back on. See the Lord. Yes. Wow. I'm glad. I'm glad. Anyway, Jennifer Rice. If I missed anybody, it was sheer of peace. Boy, I've been running my mouth. People are all up in here. I don't even know. Kunja Woman. Yes. Vows ZBTW. I might not know how to pronounce it, but I tried. Jeff, Master Glam. I'm going to sign off now. We've been on for an hour and 44 minutes, an hour and 45 minutes. It's cool. And I'm, I'm on the phone, so I, I'm not going to do all the fancy things and everything. So I might just hit my little outro thingy and just knock it off. But um, anyway, I haven't been on this phone operating this thing in a long time. Let me see. What, what do I need to do here? <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to say much love. Thank you for being here. 
take care. And, and I'll probably come back later on with something. You know, I can't let an evening go by. That's party time tonight. We got to talk. There's going to be something that happens. And I'm going to say, listen, we got to talk about this. Anyway, you all have a wonderful day. I know it's still morning on the East Coast. What is, what is it now? Uh, what is it, 1030 over there? Wow. I wish I had them hours back. Not that I regret doing this. I'm just saying I'm, I'm raring to go. So you all take care. Have a wonderful day. And Lance Gerv will speak with you later. It's been much fun. Peace.